and how it relates to the youth of this church. And so uh, we, we contemplated a bunch of different ideas, and so I'm sharing those ideas with you this morning on how we come up with a solution. So, yeah, Tim and Margie are going to be done um, in May. And so the options that we've we've discussed, um, one is to hire either a a full time or part time um, person to lead our youth. Maybe not necessarily um, just the fish, um, but could be a person that kind of connects the dots from pre K all the way up to to young adult. and so there are obviously pros and cons to having uh, this person. Um, so one uh, con, I guess, is is cost. Um, we would have to pay this person. And so the the question would be is uh, that you guys would ask me would be is can we afford this? Well, um, it's kind of a a complicated answer. Um, I don't know. Um, I think we can. Uh, afford some some cost to, to pay somebody but um, with everything there is risk in in um, doing something like that and so I mean you try to minimize the risk but at some point too if this option is viable you have to have faith that it's going to work out um, and if it's not working out then obviously reevaluation has to has to be made um, the pros for Having a paid staff person to lead the youth would be um, really 100% of this person's focus is dedicated towards the youth of this church. Um, and so not discounting anything that Margie and Tim have done, but they have separate lives aside from leading the youth. They have jobs, etc. cetera. Um, and so this person would have kind of full attention on um, on leading our youth in a, in a proper way. So that was uh, one option. Option two um, is to kind of remain as we have been and try to find somebody, uh, volunteer within the church um, to lead our youth. Um, so pros is that it's not going to cost as much Um um, but then it's kind of the reciprocal effect of the first option is that not 100% of this person's or person's focus is directly going towards towards the youth. Um, and then another option that we have um, explored a little bit is um, trying to uh, marry up, if you will, with, with another church um, in, in youth group and um, potentially sharing a uh, staff person or a youth leader, um, the questions there become, well, where is this person's allegiance, if you will, um, to to which church would um, this, this <laughs> person call home, basically? Um, and so we, we met with the Community Reform Church, we, I did not, I wasn't a part of that meeting, but there was several that, that were in that, um, in that meeting and it was really just kind of a informational thing. Here's what we do. Here's what, what we do. Um, and so those are kind of the options that we have, uh, 
formulated and none of what I'm saying is uh, an end-all by any means. It's just what we have come up with so far as consistory um, and uh, kind of lifting this up to you for, for more discussion. Um, one thing, I'll go back to... Uh, I'll go back to um, the uh, a hire. If we were to go the direction of hiring a staff person, so I I said that I don't know that we can afford it. So I, th I feel like uh, one thing that the deacons have not um, been uh, real clear on is so we had a uh, a building fund that we paid our mortgage out of. Our mortgage has since been paid off. And so the deacons decided to rename this fund as Future Vision and Ministry Fund um, to kind of open open the doors up to whatever vision and mission that we want to support or uh, go towards, and so and not to exclude um, future expansion. But um, but we felt like there was uh, one we don't have a building to pay for anymore. Um, Mortgage-wise, and so, and there's there's a lot of different things that are that are happening with uh, staff or youth and potentially more more staff that sort of thing. And so, we uh, we renamed the fund. And so, currently we give uh, fifteen give we uh, put into this this fund fifteen thousand six hundred dollars um, a year, which is basically equivalent to um, one mortgage payment a month. So if you did the math by 12, that's, that's what we would be putting into this, this fund. So there's an option to help pay for, um, a, a staff person through, through that avenue. If, if, uh, that's the direction we end up heading, um, a full, if you were to hire a full-time staff person, I don't know, um, Cost-wise, thirty thirty-five thousand um, part-time would be, you know, probably half of that. And so the the second half of that is where it's the it's the I don't know. Um, and if it's something that uh, this congregation um, feels is important, then um, you know it's it's not a question of can we afford it it's it's uh we have to afford it if we if we all feel that it's if that's a viable option so um yeah i think the total you mean uh currently in the future vision fund there is around $50,000 actually um, take this along the side. We're going to have kind of an open mic time now, um, and so we'll, um, we'll station the mics in the middle of the two rows here, um, but if you had, don't feel like getting up, just raise your hand and, and we'll walk it to you. Um, as, we're doing, as we're doing that, let me just remind us and pray once more uh, what I think we always need to have in front of us, which is that, that prayer for wisdom and that prayer for indifference. Um, could you maybe scoot it up kind of in the middle there?
So let me offer that prayer once more. Lord, you promised that you give generously wisdom to those who ask. So we pray for wisdom right now as a community. And we pray for indifference to agendas, to egos. Lord, may you guide us into your will, not my will, not others' wills. Your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. In your name we pray. Amen. I know a couple people have prepared things in writing, or if you didn't, that's totally fine. Just feel free to, to share whatever's on your heart, on your mind. I always hate being first, but I may need to leave uh, (laughs) before this meeting's over. Can you still hear me? I hate, okay. Um, In my past, uh, for Christ United Methodist Church, I was heavily involved with the youth, did a lot what Margie's did. So I'm kind of just speaking from what I have observed. Um, They had a paid position, but they also are a large church, so it's easy to do that. And um, my older two just loved Heather to death and how she planned and figured it out. But Heather was also a person who went in and got the people and got the youth community together. There was a lot of adults around her, and Heather did that. So you might think, oh, we can just pay someone to do this, and that helps the problem. It's going to take choice A and choice B. It's going to be the person who play, who comes in and is the paid person, and it's going to be see the people here willing to be a youth committee. You can't do one without the other, or that person who is paid is going to leave quickly, and you're going to have, I'm sorry, I move around too much, and <laughs> you're going to have the same problem before. So I'd like you to take A and B together, because that's how it's going to work. And then, um, talking from my younger two, uh, my older two were easy, like the rap kids to be here. My younger, well, Sarah's just, I should say, maybe my third child is the hardest one to get to church. <laughs> um, and the first expression that, uh, that they get is when they come into worship service. So along with figuring out a youth group, you're going to have to figure out the worship service the same too. I'm easy going. I, but I grew up easily in a church and this youth hasn't. They like, unfortunately, uh, technology has, I can, um, a double-edged sword, I guess. It's good in some respects. But then when they come into service, they still want that a vibrant thing that they always see with technology. And they like the band, and they like to feel involved um, within the service. Um, and what Sarah has said before, and I hate to do this to you guys, and I know um, the church that just started at Ball State um, said, just talked to her last Sunday, the church is so full that they have to meet in the hallways. And one thing she says is the pastors don't read the sermons. They just express it and storytell. 
and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's kind of what, what they like. And, um, you, besides just the pastors, you are going to have to go in and be uncomfortable. And you're going to have to come up to these youth group uh, people and say hi. And not, I, I'm easily get trapped into my own age group because that's where you feel comfortable. But you're going to have to be important to go when you see a young couple to talk to them and sit with them and not sit with your own age group. Those things are going to be a louder expression than what comes in with a a youth uh, person. Um, So my thoughts and my minds. All right, so as far as the youth position goes, as uh, far as that goes, I really think that based on the needs of the youth group as someone who's been in it recently, I think that the best bet would probably be a paid position, preferably full-time. And that is because, as I've seen the -the behind-the-scenes work that goes into it, it's more than a -a 40-hour-a-week job. There is countless hours of preparation, planning meetings, um, hectic shopping the night before a meeting, planning events, going to the events, staying at the church all hours of the night on lock-ins or Mission Lafayette. Um, I could go on. But basically, there's a lot of stuff that happens that isn't on the job description. While it helps, I mean, while it helps if you are, you know, doing it out of the good of your heart, it also would be nice to be paid for that work. It's an insanely hard job. I, I honestly don't know if I'd be able to do it. But... I think that a hired position would be the in the best interest of the youth group because, as Chad had said, it allows the person who's leading the youth to have more focus and to not worry so much about other aspects of life so much and to be able yeah to be able to put more energy and time into focusing on leading the youth, which is such an important you know ability to have to be able to focus your time like that because time is such a precious commodity nowadays and Touching on the whole thing about the service and stuff like that, I really think that the approach to reaching out to younger people and youth is really, people take a lot of missteps with that because everyone thinks that there needs to be something flashy or something new and even technology, is it's fine, but it's not a necessity per se. I mean, really, all that people, uh, for people my age and, you know, slightly younger around my age range, the biggest thing that I see is we all want authenticity. We don't want, you know, some perfect little church on a hill or like some little chapel. We want, we want to see what the people are like. I mean, I know when I get into a conversation with someone in this church and I just hear their stories and their life experiences, how their week went, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That stuff is beautiful. And that stuff is what keeps me here. That's what makes me love coming here. It's the stories. It's the everything. It's the good and the bad. It's everything. And the reason why is because it's so authentic. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't feel 100% real to me. And that's not at every church. That's here. That's a special quality we have. And we can, we can use that to our advantage. And that's what people want. They, everywhere in the world, we see all this fake and all this artificiality. I mean, everything is constructed and make, made perfect to make you think one thing. But 
by being authentic and by presenting your true self and acting as you really are, that's a, such a rare quality today. It snatches people's attentions. So that is what we need to aim for when we're reaching out to younger adults and youth, because that's what they don't have. They don't see that in their day-to-day life. They see, you know, the news. They see people acting how they want to be seen, not as how they really are. And they're tired of it. I'm tired of it. And, you know, places like Heartland, you don't see that. People are real. People are genuine. It's not to say we don't have our flaws. We do. But for the most part, we're willing to work through those. And we, you know, come together as a family. We make it work. And we make it happen. And we need to show other people that we do that. And, you know, if we show them that, I feel like we'll have no problem getting people to come in. Even younger people. They'll love it. Because, like I said, it's a thing that we don't see enough. And the fact that we can see it here, we need to make them see it out there. to Louisiana, I told a group of young people, I don't, I want to give this church away. I don't want to be one of the leaders at 70. And I still am. And I love it. And I plan to continue as long as I can. But I want some young person alongside me. There's only one of those couples left. So we really need to work on bringing some younger people in. And I love all of us who are older. We are the bedrock, but we don't want to be the tombstone. So let us push up and forward, and I think we're going to have to hire someone who's here. And I don't think you can do that as a part-time. to affirm really quick a, a couple of things I've heard um, just from statistics that we've heard. So we had this young adults training um, on the 19th this past Saturday, and that was what has come through on the literature in churches too, is that the number one thing people are looking for, as Peter said, is relationships, is authentic relationships. And so in these conversations, if um, I just want to highlight what Wendy said too, if we hire somebody we are going to need the whole congregation, and that is why we wanted to have a full congregation meeting. It's it's not just pay a salary, okay, check, done. It takes a whole congregation. That's why we're, we're all here. And the, the research shows five to one is what youth need, five adults to every one youth. So we can do that as a small church. We, we can do that. So, yes. As another old person, uh, and has at one point, helped with the youth, was youth leaders for a while, many, 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 many years ago. Uh, it is a time-consuming job that does take a lot of commitment. Uh, we've had a lot of really good volunteers that have done it over the years. And uh, we have uh, tried the hiring before. Uh, my personal feelings are as I don't have any reservations of trying hiring again. I can see the value of that. I guess my reservations with that would be the process we use, that we get someone qualified and uh, 
we get someone, you know, that's knows what they're doing. We don't just take the first one and just because they're here or available, grab them and say, here, go with it. Uh, I think we may got to make sure uh, we do our due diligence and um, get someone qualified. I'm going to take it on a slightly different track than what we've been doing. I think we're getting caught in a trap that many businesses do. We're looking for solutions without perfectly defining the question. And so when we talk about youth, what is our vision for youth? Do we want to serve the youth of the people who are here today? And so we've got, what, six, eight kids that fit in that youth segment? Do we want to grow the youth to where we've got a 50, 60 member youth group strong? A hundred people? And I think that once we get that definition of what do we consider success for our youth program, that then some other questions start falling down, falling in place. Because if we're saying, okay, I want to have 50 or 60 or 70 kids in it, which many of the other, shouldn't say many, but some of the other youth programs that we hear about, some that my daughter attended, having 50 or 60 or 70 kids in it, then it goes beyond the paid position, but it does go into facilities. Where are we going to house a, an energetic youth worship service, whether it's on Sunday or whether it's on Sunday night or Wednesday? Time doesn't matter. But where are we going to have it? Because if I've got 60 kids wanting to basically worship to a rock concert and dance around and move around, we don't have a structure for that right now. But at the same time, we shouldn't get built up that, hey, we're going to go build something if our vision really is, hey, I want 12 kids who are very engaged in worship. And, you know, I just haven't heard very much talk about what do we see is our vision for success in youth. And I really think that's where we need to be questioning. And once we do that, then the answer of hired, you know, obviously if we've got a hundred kids, I don't think anybody would say that, hey, we ought to, we ought to do that with volunteers. But if I've got six, maybe volunteers is appropriate. I just want them to say on the subject of the youth that they are our shining promise and our goal tomorrow to keep on shining and sharing. And I'm confident that you as pastors, along with the congregation, will lead the youth in this adventure. And I don't have any doubt that it will come together. Because we love the Lord, we love our youth, and we want to see them prosper. And I wonder, somebody said, someone from outside, they would have to be really well-versed in youth guidance. How we were so 
absolutely lucky, lucky, lucky to get Margie and Tim. Um, I think the Lord must have stepped in. But all things are possible with the Lord leaving the way. I'm just kind of curious as to what um, Community Reform Church is doing right now. Is there anybody that has any information about that? Yeah, um, they have their administrator um, and her husband and her sister um, do lead the, the youth group. Um, they're paid a little stipend, um, uh, and they... Um, the way they do it is they, they have about 10 or 12 kids um, regularly in, in worship on a Sunday, um, and then um, they all come, for the most part, to the Sunday school right after the worship service. And so they view that kind of as their time of really engaging the scriptures, um, that sort of discipleship. Um, and then um, outside of that, they'll meet a couple times a week on uh, – a couple times a month, sorry – on like a, is it a Wednesday night or is it a Sunday night? I think it's Sunday night. Um, and they're really encouraged to invite their friends. And it's more informal um, because of what they had in the morning. And um, yeah, and they, they try to sort of informally have um, spiritual conversations with, with whoever is there. Um, and they also have some different activities and things. Um, that, that, was a, that was an evolution of, um, there was about four couples that led, led the group and they rotated every month. So one group would have it one week, the next group the next week. Um, and then that eventually, the eight of them eventually is now three of them that, that do it. So, so that's what they're doing. That's helpful. Are they sharing? Um, we did not, I mean, we, Margie and Tim and Trisha were there. We, we opened up the conversation about possibilities. LCRC actually, their kids, they have three or four that, that join. Community Reform Church for their for their stuff. Um, I think they're open and available. Yeah. Um, again, we didn't get into what that would look like. Um, oh, sorry. Um, she asked, "Are they available to like to share or to?" Yeah. Yeah. Chad, did you want to share um, Jake's thoughts? Do you have that? Jake Kaiser couldn't be here, but he wrote up a little thing, um, wanted to be read. So, yeah, this is a letter from from Jake and kind of um, Rick mentioned uh, future expansion. So this is the letter that he had wrote. Um, I would like to address this to the congregation. Being out of town today, I regret not being able to attend this meeting today. I think it is very helpful to review and discuss the vision that brought Heartland to this location. At that time, we were in agreement as to what our priorities should be in this ministry to better reach out to the community. The vision was, and I think should still be focused on children, youth, and young adults. This by no means was not meant to ignore middle-aged and senior adults. 
Part of the vision was to establish a child care ministry along with pursuing a relationship with the local schools. We can be thankful for the progress we have made in these areas. With these successes comes the need for personnel and space. It would be good to discuss the personnel needs at this time and crack the door open on the space needs. I would like to see a meeting set for very soon to address the space needs to accommodate better what we presently have and allow for expanding every aspect of our church. I place my faith in God since he has historically guided this congregation in these efforts. Over the years, God has guided the people of this congregation in a way that we have never had in a long, uh, had in, had a long, I'm trying to read Jake's cursive here. Uh, <clears throat> we have never had in a long time. At the same time, we have been able to meet the cost of all our operation needs. Let us make our moves in faith and trust in God. Sincerely, Jake. Do we have anyone else who would like to share? I was trying not to because I didn't really want to talk. But anyway, um, we were past youth leaders. And then we also lived through two youth pastors. One a good experience, one a bad experience. Um, and I was thinking about Chad many years ago, Chad Agnew, and, and the reason why he was a success in our church. And it was because he went past or more than just the meetings. Um, he went and had lunch and things with the kids, and, and they had mentoring. Um, um, I know Nate Hall was mentored by Chad, wasn't he? I don't remember all of it now because it's been too long. But I think the difference with youth leaders like we were, we were able to do the, the meetings and the fun stuff and to point. But then we also had our jobs, our families, our other parts of our lives that we had to deal with. A youth pastor would also have other parts of their lives. I agree with that. But I think they are able to um, balance their lives or, you know, maybe have different times at different hours that they would be available to the kids where the kids would be available. So that being said, I would love to see another youth pastor in our church. Um, and our goals, our visions for the kids... Um, I keep coming back to Little Jackson at Bible school this year, and um, he he had all the answers to the Bible questions. And I asked his grandparents, uh, you know, does he have go to the catechism, does he go to the church, does he whatever? He didn't. What he got, what he was bringing back to us was what he learned in our daycare, which is different maybe than our youth group, but it could still be applied to a teenager. Those those. The groundwork that you put in kids, um, you may not see right away, but you'll see in, in the lifetime. And maybe they won't end up in our church, which would be nice if they did, and we can grow our church and be much bigger and stronger and whatever. But the groundwork that we're talking about is something that will last them a lifetime. And I think that's what we're trying to do. Um, we're trying to reach people for Christ. We're not trying to make Heartland gigantic or whatever. I mean... 
we, it, it, you know, growth is always nice, but we're trying to reach kids. We're not trying to um, just maintain or whatever. And I do think that if you have a youth pastor, it it gets kids going, and and it also has them invite their friends, and then people kids hear about it, and maybe we can get back some of the kids that we've lost. Um, there's all kinds of things. So anyway, that being said, I am in favor of a youth pastor. And I remember a long time ago when we were, sorry, I was going to say, when we were youth pastors, I remember one time Hugh Gallimah said, he said, if there's a need, this church always meets it. So, you know, I, you know, when we talk about the financial needs and how we can pay for this and anything, I remember Hugh saying that one time and I thought that's true. And I, I very much agree with what she just said. I think that there are multiple visions involved in youth and um, the church as a whole. I think it's important that, yes, we do grow some because obviously as, you know, earth and people revolve, you know, some of the older people pass away or move on and we get in new people, that's part of it. And, yes, growth is important, but ultimately – you know, we have, okay, we have eight kids right now that are, you know, in that rage range, but we have 20 more coming up. And so, yeah, you know, it may start out as something that, you know, we have to evolve that first. We have to start with the small group we have now and put that foundation into that group. And then as those other kids come up, you are going to have that foundation already built and started and they're going to see that other group of kids growing and prospering and being awesome that they will then go, Oh, that's really cool. I want to be part of that. When I get older, I want to be a part of that group because that group is the base and we have to start somewhere. And I think that everybody has, multiple people have said it, that it's a full-time job. Um, as a teacher, and a parent of two young girls, it's hard for me to do my job at school and do my kids at home and turn around and do something else. I mean, even children in worship, like I love being part of it, but taking on that additional role is difficult. It's, it's another piece that makes life so much busier. And sometimes it's hard for me to be in all three of those places fully that I feel like one part is always not getting a full part of me. And that's hard to do. So I applaud Margie and Tim, who have done that for several years. Now they have older kids, but it's still difficult. So I think that building or pulling in somebody who can really contribute all of their efforts to it and be paid for it is probably one of the stronger ways to go. Now, there are parts of it that we're going to have to figure out. You know, how do we afford that? Where do we go once we figure out if that's the route we go? Where do we go from there? That's the next step. But I do think that that's kind of my opinion. I think we can call it a close. I can see bladders bursting and all that, so uh, maybe that's just my own experience. So uh, thank you for having a good conversation. These conversations aren't easy, um, but you all showed up and were present and appreciate that. Uh, it's a beginning. Um, I think our consistory has a lot more now to, to work on. Um, Stephanie and I will, after we get some snacks, we'll be back in here if anyone wasn't able to share, would like to share with us or anyone else who wants to chat further. Um, but this is the beginning of a, of a conversation, and uh, obviously we can't draw it out forever. <laughs> May is coming, but um, please be, let's, let's stay in this, this dance of discernment, shall we? And if you're a person who is more of a, an internal processor and you just need some time to, to really formalize your thoughts, 
feel free to write those up and send it to us in an email or um, get it to our desk or something. We know that the speaking in front of a mic is um, intimidating to some people, and we don't want your thoughts to be overlooked. So feel free to get those in writing to us as well. She's good, isn't she? That's good. <laughs> well, the Lord bless you and keep you, and let us go now to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Bless you.